The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking to Adam Hunt about using comedy in your marketing. Now, when this episode comes to an end, we don't want you to feel like you're stuck all alone trying to figure out, but what jokes can I use and how will this apply to me? So we'd love you to come and hang out in our free Facebook community. It's called the Email Marketing Show Community. We're not great at naming things. Uh, so just go to Facebook and search for it. It's a really good place to share what you're working on and get stuck into the free training and resources that we have going there as well. Go and search for the Email Marketing Show Community. He has made it to the age of 33 without ever breaking a bone, touch wood, but not too hard it's comedy hypnotist robert temple and the thing he loves dipping chips into the most that's fries for our american listeners is mashed potato that's right dipping chips into mashed potato it's psychological mind reader kennedy have you tried chips with mashed potato though that's the question so I've definitely ordered food that came, like, and ordered a side of mash because you did it once. We were in a pub mm-hmm. and uh, you said, I'm going to have pie and mash and I'm going to have a side of chips. That's what it was. Pie, but I never, I didn't dunk. You've got to dunk when there's gravy on that mash. Dunk the chips in. Have it's, you, a, it's a revelation. Have you dunked other dunkable things in mash, like the hobnob? I'm now going to make a list on Twitter of all the different things you could dunk in mash. <laughs> Hello, email marketing heroes. Yes, we're here every week giving course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything that you need to be the email marketing hero of your business using these psychological-driven email marketing strategies. Now, this week's episode is sponsored by ResponseSuite.com, the survey, quiz, and application form tool that we made to integrate with your marketing systems to segment your audience, find out more about people, and make more sales. You can take a 14-day trial for just $1. Head over to ResponseSuite.com. Lovely stuff. Right, Rob, we've got Adam Hunt in the wings, ready to uh, be awesome, as usual. Uh, One of these three things is true about Adam. The other two, I've just made them up about two seconds ago. So either the very first time he flew on a plane, he jumped out, Mm -hmm. or he drove a Vespa through a flaming tunnel, or he can play a tune by flicking different parts of the soles of his feet. Ah, Now, this is a complicated one, because I don't think Kennedy knows what a Vespa is. Uh, oh, I do. That. So, <laughs> so, okay, I think you've made that up. The wording of the very first time he flew on a plane, he jumped out is excellent. And so that's either a massive compliment to Kennedy or to Adam, depending on whether it's true or made up. And can play a tune by flicking the soles of his feet. I think that the very first time he flew on a plane, it was for a skydiving thing and he jumped out. Adam, what's true? Yeah, he's, he's right. You got it. You got it. Oh. Yes. Yes. I thought the word Vespa was going to throw you off there, mate. I'm going to be honest, because I don't know what a Vespa is. (laughs) (laughs) He drove a hula hoop through a flaming tunnel. That's what happens when you make shit up. The first time I heard of a Vespa, I thought it was that thing. Remember that long tube thing used to like swing over your head and it made that noise? Do you remember that plastic tube thing? The wow, wow, wow noise. Yeah, 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 that fella. Anyway, Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great, it's great. So you guys over at White Label Comedy, you help brands and businesses be funny. I want to start opening the can of worms of, yeah, just, you know, if, as I always say, if, 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 um, if, if those reality TV shows 
have taught us anything. It's that just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? So should all brands try and be funny? I mean, it would it would be uh, dangerous for me to say anything other than of course they should, but with with some caveats. They just they shouldn't just start by trying to be funny but they should be funny in the right way. That, that, that's the key thing is like the right kind of humor for brands is humor that comes from your brand essence and everything that you stand for. So actually comedy done the right way in a, in, in a, in a branded space is just relatable content that happens to, to be funny. So yeah, all, all brands should, but no brand should do it without the right team in their corner. And hello, that's, that, that could be us. <laughs> Absolutely. So if somebody listening right now and thinking, well, that sounds good. And I always love it when I see something funny from a brand that I follow or a marketer that I follow. That sounds great, but I can't possibly do that because I don't know any jokes. It's the sort of the typical thing probably people are probably thinking, you know, knock, knock, and that's as far as I get. So how do we start to find the humor? And in a minute, I want to come back to something else to do with the fact that we shouldn't just suddenly go from not being funny to being hilarious, because that's going to be very strange. Like somebody's hacked into your email marketing platform or something. But how do we start to find the humor that's right for us and who we are and our brand? Well, two really important principles that really guide everything we do like one is my real uh basic bitch explanation of what a joke is so can i swear on this i, I don't know yeah, anyway yeah, i've done it yeah. i've done it we're there um Go so on. and it's not even a big swear is it it's, a, it's quite it's quite a nice one so uh, my my basic explanation for what a joke is and my writers hate me for being so reductionist but it's true is a joke is just two things that shouldn't fit together but you've made them fit together with a perfectly placed twist in the middle. that's literally all it is break down any joke whether it's a one-liner or a rambling shambling shaggy dog story that's what it is thing a thing b cleverly placed twist that's the first half of the story the second half is that like the key to those twists is truth right the, the, the twist works because there's a hidden truth that you're that you're using to bridge the gap and when you're trying to make jokes that will appeal to a specific audience, you need to go after their truths. So it's, you know, the, the most important thing to do when you're beginning to write any joke for anyone, you know, for a particular audience rather than for yourself, is to really nail down, like, what is it I could say that this audience will uh, uniformly, all of them together, go, oh, that's so true, because that's so true is really funny to the right person. And actually, you know, I... A, 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 a quite a weak quip that happens to really touch on something that really matters to your audience um, is going to get a better reaction than a really cleverly crafted, um, you know, Tim Vine or Gary Delaney style one-liner that they couldn't care less about. So it's, it's all about truth. And yet, you know, it's not easy to write jokes, but really they're just comparisons. They're just clever comparisons. Um, and if you make the right comparison, you'll get the right reaction. So the place to start really is to go, what is everybody thinking right now? Like about what we do, what our, uh, what the state of the world is, all that sort of sort of thing is to go, what is everyone going to go, that's so me, or that is so true, or yeah, that is that is just the truth right there. That's where, they, that's where you sort of begin, isn't it? It is, but the trick, it, like, you can't just start with what is everyone talking about. You need to work out what they're talking about and what matters to them in the context of what you do and how the, and, and why that helps them and, and their world. So, you know, 
if it was just what matters to everyone, then every, you know, everyone would be making jokes about, about COVID. Well, you can make, but COVID jokes are easy if you know what you're doing. But the point is that we'd be making the same set of COVID jokes and the same set of life is shit right now jokes. Instead, it's all about like working out what we basically are, are really geeky process we had, we put together this thing that we call a relatability matrix we start it's a grid we start on the left with all of your usps all of your brand value bullets all the stuff on your sales pages all the individual ideas and we track them through a number of different categories um like image objectives and you know genuine business need and to end up at a, a, a set of relatable truths and fallacies, limiting beliefs, it's got a lot in common with the sort of fears, pains, desires type breakdown, except that we are specifically going after, you know, like if if you're, if the USP we started at was uh, help, you know, we, we help people make better decisions faster, which is one that we did you know, use recently for the client, then it's the relatable truths that relate to that. And so it's the roadblocks that relate to that. And then you're coming up with really cleverly. Then what you've got is you've got, oh, that's so true moments that the truth sells your product for you. And so just by reflecting that truth, you don't need to pitch anything. It's, it's you know, it, there's, a, there's a brilliant kind of alcohol at work. Um, yes, yeah. interesting. That reminds me of um, of Oasis, this, the drink in the UK, are quite good at literally just calling out the fact that this is marketing and we're trying to make sales. So if, if you don't know Oasis, the drink, it's just a, a really kind of, kind of mainstream drink here in the UK, isn't it? And and I've seen two great campaigns I've seen from them. One of them is, oh no, not another Oasis advert, which was just brilliant. And, and my other all-time favourite, out of all time, is an Oasis one. And it's where it says, uh, um, it's summer, you're thirsty, we've got sales targets by Oasis. I mean, the, the tr- and it is, it's the truth of that thing. If you look at most stand-up comedy, if you like stand-up comedy, the, the biggest thing that gets the biggest laugh is, is usually calling out these truths that we're all thinking about. Right. And, and when we suddenly find out that other people are experiencing those truths as well. I think that's probably a thing, you know, we may think that we're the only person who does that weird thing with the key or that odd thing. And the minute somebody else mentions it, you realize not only does that mean that that person does it, but also it means everyone else they're talking to, all of their other subscribers or everyone else in the audience in that arena also does that same thing because everybody else is probably laughing at that as well. One thing I really want to highlight here is it sounds like what, what we're doing is we're talking, like we use the word jokes and comedy and stuff, but what we're really talking about is something that we sprinkle on top of what you're already doing as opposed to for example uh, we did once see a guy who'd been told to put more personality on his linkedin oh and the my. next post <laughs> the next post began with there's three nuns in a bath so what we're really <laughs> looking to do here is to make sure that we're not shoehorning in jokes that uncle terry told us at the christmas do and we think they're funny instead we're there's there's, there's got to be some methodology for sprinkling humor into something you're writing anyway i guess definitely like the most important thing is start by working out what you need to say to achieve your objectives that you already had before you were trying to be funny and then come up with funny ways to say that or express that or, or, or move that person to, to, um, to the right kind of action. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's, if you just, if you just wheel out your three nuns in a bath joke, then, you know, you're going to very quickly come unstuck because it, it's got no place. It, it, it does. It's not like, it just doesn't serve a brand's purpose or even a business's, you know, a coach's purpose. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't it, it just you know being the funny guy doesn't serve your purposes over and above vanity engagement um, and even then it's probably going to be people just saying what are you doing what right exactly. why are you here 
So, I mean, one of the one of the types of humour that we use is kind of a bit of shock value humour. So we took the idea, for example, just to illustrate this, how, how we've sort of done some of it, although obviously watching and learning from Adam a lot, um, is, is to look at, okay, what are some of the big things that people say in the email marketing space? And one of them is to do with... Um, to do with the size of your list matters. People think, oh, I haven't got a very big list. And we've got, we've, we have people come to us say, oh, I've got only got 50,000 subscribers. And we have other people go, I've only got 50 subscribers. We've got customers and members across that whole range. And so we took that idea. And so one of our highest engaged tweets is, List building is not a dick measuring contest because we've, t- and so, and that gets like one, some of the highest engagement we've ever seen because it's taken something to the extreme. So when we've got these truths, how can we start, are there some processes you could maybe share with us from some of your workshops and stuff you run about how do we start finding humor within things? Like how do we jokeify things? Well, I, I think the way there's, What's really, really great is because I've, I've taken to teaching comedy and I'm not a comedy writer. So I've, I've got, you know, I, I've developed little tools that you can use kind of shortcuts. And, and I think the, the, the simplest route to a joke for me, you've got to find, find a comparison and then find, find, you know, find a way to make it. So joke writing always starts with lists. Generally, I think, you know, step one would be a list of relatable truths that, you know, your audience is going to agree with. And then probably step two, could, step two could be any other list. It could be a list of things going on in the world right now, things that matter to them, app, you know, types of Apple. It doesn't really matter. You just compare, you, basically, my, my approach is go through list one and go, right, I'm going to pick that one and I'm going to scan through everything on the other list and just try and write some really, really basic um similarities or differences or, you know, just parallels, just try and connect the dots in one way or another without trying to be funny, just literally connect the two in whatever way you can. And what you find is if you do that as a kind of free writing exercise, you'll end up with half jokes or jokelets, you know, little thoughts that are, that have the teasing of, of what could be an idea. Um, I remember one of the first ones that like a joke I actually wrote for myself, which is very rare, was playing around with Starbucks and the, the pandemic and shots reopening and blah, blah, blah. I remember the, the for some reason we, we sort of landed on the, 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 the queues being busy in, in Starbucks because the shops are open again and we're back, we're back there. And also the idea of the misspellings of names being a huge thing for Starbucks, that's what they're known for. And the gag became, um, we're, you know, we're, we're working hard to reduce the queues, especially in names like Adam. And it's just like, just, you know, pairing those two, but you, you can't, you couldn't write that from scratch. You kind of, you, you need that process of throwing shit at the wall and just looking for connections. And then when you find a connection, you need to polish it and, and just finesse it so that it becomes what feels like a joke. And you, you sort of place that twist in the right kind of zone. I think something that's really beneficial, I know I do it when I'm writing emails and this might be, and this would be interested to get your take on this is I kind of write the email and I'm just every sentence. So when I get to the end of it, I just sort of look back and say, is there anything that's mildly amusing about the the thing I've already written or it, there probably isn't, but is there anything I can change in order to make that slightly funnier? And sometimes that's just the addition of a thing. So we recently totally ballsed up an email campaign, email marketing heroes guys. Um, and afterwards I sent out a, a vaguely, a mildly amusing email that talked about the fact my guinea pig had escaped from the cage 
page, got onto the computer and changed the perfect email that I'd already written. And halfway through it, I just threw in a line and said, naughty little pig. And th- that was already in. And the, the little line I just threw in afterwards was, no more broccoli or PlayStation for her. Because that's the sort of absurd sense, uh, this absurd sense of humor that I've got. So I think, is that the best way to do it? Like just start with something that you were going to write, like we said, you were going to write anyway, and then go back through it and just say, where's the little quirky thing that I can throw in here? I think definitely... Yeah, always, whatever you're, whatever you're, whatever you're making, whether it's a tweet, whether it's a, you know, whether it's an email, whether it's a a sales page, start with the messaging that matters and then layer, you know, layer on additional thoughts, additional half thoughts, you know, that, you know, that's clearly, that's a very surreal style that won't work for everyone, but actually, you know, someone, someone slightly more conservative going through might just think, all right, this is an important point that I've just made. How can I, how can I emphasize that? You know, even if it's just, 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 just by saying, you know, it's like X, but Y just, you know, it, it's like this and just, just coming up with a way to explain why something is bigger and bolder with a comparison can feel like a joke. And, and so, yeah, I, I think it's um, bigger, bolder language can sometimes make comparisons for you that feel like jokes, even if you're not a kind of set up punchline kind of guy, definitely. Okay, right. so let's say somebody's currently doing some really good content in their emails and they're getting a good response and stuff like that, but they now want to add in some of this humour. Um, how? What's a good way of, like you said, not going suddenly, next email is two nuns in a bath. How, how, do we, how do we make sure that we don't have a personality transplant before tomorrow? Well, I think, you know, step one is ask yourself, why do you want to add the humour? Like, you know, you, you, even that, you, you need to be doing it with, with a purpose, with an objective. Um, is it to keep people reading? Is it to make them click? You know, what, what, what's your focus for that, for, for that joke? I think I would, I think that it's a great, uh, it's a great tool for reinforcing someone's awareness of the pain point that you are dealing with. And I think that actually using a joke to force them to focus on that is your struggle to make it uh, too far away from you and what you're all about, because you already talk about those pain points anyway. So, you know, it's use the jokes to emphasize what matters and make them bigger and you, you know, use them sparingly. But, you know, even in our emails, we use, you know, we're, we're not a laugh a minute. It's, it's actually, we're not a laugh a minute because jokes are expensive and I'd rather not spend the comedy writer time on, 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 the, on the emails. It's, but, you know, just a couple of jokes here and there, one to keep them reading, one to make them click. It's, that's all you need. And, and I think, yeah, you, don't, don't put Michael McIntyre in someone's inbox because that's not you. Put you in their inbox. It's you, but bigger. It's you, but, but bolder. Actually, something that. That jump, something that jumps out at me there is the fact that if you do try and go that far, the jokes are absolutely going to get in the way of the message of the email. And they're just going to start, hey, uh, you know, Sheila, and call somebody through who's totally not interested in the thing at all, but just wants to hear the joke. Uh, and I think, or they want them to hear the joke, and that does then start to get in the way. So I think if we can just look for these little sprinkles, that's really cool. I love this idea that actually what we're doing is we're taking, and we're just being a bolder, bigger version of us. Yeah. Yeah, do you know, I think actually it's, it's, it's really important to note as well, not letting the jokes get in the way of the copy is super important. And there's a real there's a real kind of push-pull between conversion copy and why it works and jokes and why they work, marketing, psychology, all of that wrapped into one. And, you know, it, it's the most important thing is getting someone to read and then read and then read and then read and then buy. <laughs> That's what you need to do. And, you know, I, I, will, I will kill great jokes 
that get in the way of what I'm trying to achieve because I know for a fact that it's you know it's one joke too many or you know the 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 sort of the pathos like there's there's so obviously as marketers there are certain things that we say over and over again that we have delivered in various you know presentations and and, and videos and speeches and there's there's a certain point in a very repeatable part of a lot of our marketing that every time I deliver it it gives me goosebumps because I just know that it's like I'm feeling what I'm saying and I just we're on the money here and I keep wanting to make that funnier but any attempt to make it funnier it just kills it for me it just it trivializes that moment of of revelation in the messaging and, and so actually yeah ne never let a joke get in the way of the message let the jokes support the message I mean, if you think, look at a lot of a lot of comedians. There's an element of pathos in many, many comedians. There's an element of heartfeltedness in it. I mean, if I look at the last time I saw, actually, the second last time I saw a live comedian was Rod Gilbert, and his latest tour is all around a really serious time in his life when some, you know, when a lot of things were going on. He had a stroke and, and all kinds of things. But yeah, this is a comedy show, and we're laughing. We are laughing within that. So with in that pain there can often obviously uh, often in pain there there is humor but you definitely don't want to step on that i absolutely love it are there any final tips you want to give us before we get your subject line of the week um i do you know what no i i i i think it's it's all it all boils down to everything i've been saying which is just do it for the right reasons and you know make the right jokes i, I think if if the making the right jokes with the right angle like two brand safe ingredients will always make a brand safe joke. So if you can work out how to find the ingredients that already speak to your audience, then the end result will be something that works for your audience. And like just a final sense check is just, all right, will this joke split the room? So, you know, as an example, even though I think that most people with a brain uh, have a certain opinion about various politicians and, and everyone else that has the opposite opinion, it doesn't matter because actually, you know, the US and the UK are both split 50-50. And, you know, the only reason to make a joke about the Tories is if you're the Labour Party. Otherwise, why are you doing that? You know, make, make a joke about the things that unite us. So even if you want to talk about COVID, the pandemic, the shit we're going through, Oh, Boris is a is is a, is a silly Billy. Is not shared by everyone, but life is fucking shit. We hate it. The toilet roll's gone. Everyone's buying too much flour. That's universal. So just find the truths that we all agree on, and then you know bring. The, the rep, comedy has a reputation for being negative, and I think this is where people are scared of it because they think it's going to offend. But it's only offensive comedy that offends. Comedy itself isn't offensive and you can use it to bring people together you're, you're kind of creating a big in-group and you you know you said earlier about people sort of realizing that other that others shared their views it's so true like it makes you feel seen and if if a brand can make its audience feel seen it's onto something really special and i think you know that that's whether you're selling chocolate bars or uh you know email marketing software sure 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 absolutely uh, absolutely love it okay let's get into this week's Subject line of the week. Subject line right, of Adam, the week. You send lots of emails. You receive lots of emails. What's some of your favourite? Um, do you know what I think? My so the the most notable subject subject line. The one the one that I hate that it works, but it works reliably and flawlessly. Um, is video for first name. And do you know what, what's funny? It's not even here's a video for first name. It's not even um, a video for first name. It is video for first name. And that. Okay. 
I, it, it first worked on me about a year ago. I've since used it in our emails. And it's if you need someone to watch a video, click a link. It reliably gets opens and clicks because it drives that curiosity. And I don't know. I don't know why. Like a phrasing of it that isn't le- that is less annoying is less effective. But for some reason, just just you know those three words: video for first name, kill it. And yeah, it's re- I reluctantly accept that it's a it's it triggers my brain and I have to see what's on the other end just in case, just in case this guy's really done a video for me and not just one for everyone. I flip and love it. It's not even funny. No, it's go. not. But th- that that's the thing is don't you know don't let the joke get in the way of the message. That is, we we. We, uh, you know, we trial funny subject lines. We trial, um, you know, straight up subject lines. Both have their place. I think, I think surreal subject lines will drive curiosity really well. Um, but actually, if you make a subject line funny, now bear in mind, funny is a setup and a punchline. If you make it funny, they don't necessarily need to open the email. There's no, you're not driving any curiosity. So, you know, I prefer to to kind of use silly humour to make you open. And then have jokes in the email to keep you reading. I, I think I think that's the curiosity is key. Absolutely love this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Adam, people want to find out more about you and everything that you guys are doing. Tell us where do we go? Uh, WhiteLabelComedy.com. Really simple. That's 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 where we are. Or just Google Google us. Um, and you know, all of our socials have really annoyingly different names. And also, we're way less active on our own socials than we are for our clients. So I think, uh, yeah, just find us at WhiteLabelComedy.com or ask ask Google politely where to find us. And that's uh, when you get. When you get to whitelabelcomedy.com, definitely click on the uh, on the page. If brands told jokes, there are some you'll lose hours and days of your life reading them. Absolutely great, um, absolutely great stuff. Now, if you're thinking about how you want to apply this to your business, where does comedy, where does humour, where does personality fit into your email marketing and all of your marketing? Don't be alone about it. Come and join us in our free Facebook group where we'll be continuing this conversation. Just go to Facebook and look for the Email Marketing Show community, or if you're just on a browser, open up your Chrome or something and go to robandkennedy.group and by the magic of the internet, you'll be forced over there. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week when Rob and I'll be talking about something else to do with email marketing. Ta-ra. Bye. The email marketing so there's three nuns in the back. It'd be great if you're a bath brand, though, wouldn't it? It'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs>